Welcome back to the Change Your Filter podcast. I'm your host, Tall Paul. As always, we are powered by Contractor Commerce. Little bit of housekeeping before we get started today. We are hiring at Contractor Commerce. If you have had an amazing experience with someone working at a software company or one of your reps or anyone you know, a nephew, niece, a friend, someone in the neighborhood who would be an awesome employee and loves to wow customers while shaping the future of home services, have them reach out to me, Paul Redman, or go to contractorcommerce.com and reach out. We'd love to have a conversation. Next up, big thanks to our friends at Nextar for having us down in Austin last week at the super meeting. We loved meeting with tons of our current customers and meeting many of you who are interested in integrating an online store. We're going to talk about that today. We don't always talk about what we do here at Contractor Commerce, but if you've known me long enough or you've been listening long enough, you know that I see a future where every contractor has some sort of online store functionality in their website. Today, we're going to talk about someone that does that. The title of today's episode includes and not or, and that has a special meaning. Here's why. When I talk to contractors about integrating online selling into their business, they immediately contrast that with the idea of selling in home and think that that it's either one or the other, right? If you remember nothing from this episode, remember the words and not or. This is an and thing, not an or. You're not eliminating something, you're complementing it. You can use the power of online shopping and the power of in-person sales to grow your business together. So our guest today is Reed Borton. Reed is leveraging the power of the internet and the rise of online shopping to sell more jobs at a higher average ticket to his customers. He is a dedicated inside salesperson that gets customers as close to the actual sale as possible while still going out, measuring and doing all that, all those things you need to do to actually sell a job. Please enjoy this podcast with my good friend, Reed Borton. Or I'll wake up on a Tuesday and I'll think it's a Friday mm-hmm. and I'm immediately like, oh, and I struggle <laughs> with it. I love my job. I love what I do, but I yeah. just, there's a magic about Fridays that cannot be replicated. It's just something special. Very true. Especially uh, on a holiday weekend, you know? It is. Yeah. I always forget about the holiday weekends. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, welcome to the Change Your Filter podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We're doing something a little different here. Usually I start with, you know, a bunch of disclaimers about, you know, we're trying to keep it PG-13 and we can do edits and all that, but I just went ahead and hit record because it's Friday and I'm, I'm feeling it. So we'll try this. We'll see how this works. Cool. Sounds good. I'm here. I've got my, my dog. He's kind of going in and out. So if you hear some strange noises. That's what it is. <laughs> um, what, what kind of dog do you have? So he's a, a German short hair pointer. If I start to break out in hives halfway through this, I'm allergic to dogs. And even just the sound of a German short hair makes me itch. So <laughs> I have a, and there are people who will laugh about this. He's somewhere around here. I have a golden doodle Okay. and um, it took, and I'm still going through it, but it took years, probably three years of allergy shots. And I'm on another five year plan right now. I'm allergic to dogs, but barely. Well, I'm allergic to short haired dogs, like any sort of anything, but doodles are apparently hypoallergenic, yep. which is awesome. Except for I'm allergic to grass and what do dogs do? They lay in the grass. So <laughs> I am right after this recording, I got to run and I'll sit with 
like 10, you know, under 10 kids to get their allergy shots. And here's, here's me in there, <laughs> grown adult. So yeah. anyway, man, well, um, quick question. Have we ever met before? Like I, I've talked to you a couple of times on the phone and mm-hmm. a couple of video calls, but I feel like we've met in person. I don't think we've ever met in person. You're, you're in Colorado, right? Uh, now I'm in North Carolina, but I started okay. my career in Denver. So I used to live down in Castle Rock. Yeah, that's right. And my job at the time, and again, I'm like, I was fresh out of school, but basically the core of my job, among many things, was to take people who, contractors who were not Linux dealers and make them Linux dealers. So I guarantee I would have shown up on your door at some point Yeah, in the early days there. So maybe we met there. Pro- yeah, possibly. We're here now. So tell me about the company. You're you're in Colorado. You started what 2007, 2008. Talk to me about the history of the company and then we'll, we'll we're going to talk about online selling and all that fun stuff too. Yeah, started the company back in 2009, you know, the way I I kind of got into the industry, um, you know, through college. I was, you know, doing door-to-door, you know, just kind of setting up leads and things like that. And then, you know, outside that's of before, before starting the company, you yeah. were going door to door to door or that was your job. Yeah, that was before that was before. I mean, I was doing some of that when I first started the company, which, you know, those were the good old days. <laughs> I don't really do that anymore. Talk to me about what were you doing door to door? What did that day to day look like? Because I think that's a critical thing that you yeah. can't replicate. So you're in college, you're going to you went to CU? CSU. CSU. So Fort yep. Collins, mm-hmm. the Rams. Yep. All right. I'm showing my Colorado knowledge. So you're in, you're in college, you're, you're going door to door doing what? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, setting up leads for other comfort advisors. Um, I was working for, you know, kind of a small company um, up there. And that was the, that was kind of the big job when you're in college. You know, the only time I could do it was, you know, evenings and like Saturdays, you know, Sundays wasn't very good. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And then, you know, once I graduated, I majored in marketing. The guy I was working for, you know, he, he offered me a sales position. So, yep. you know, I'm like, hey, try it out, see how it goes. You know, I wasn't really that confident and uh, hadn't really done a lot of sales before that. But, you know, door to door, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the best way intro into sales, in my opinion, you know, you hear a lot of no's, so you got to be able to overcome that a little bit. Was it Northern Colorado air? Was that the company you're working for? Uh, no, it was actually uh, Swan heating and air. Oh, got it. Yep. yep. So I know Swan. Great. Yep. Good for you. So yeah. you're going, so they hire you. Here's a pro tip to take away listeners. So they hired you to just walk door to door and do what? Initially you're just, you're just kind of, you know, knocking on pretty much every door in the neighborhood, you know, over time. I mean, I developed, you know, kind of a system and I would, you know, I was more looking, targeting a lot of like new construction, you know, and you can, it's pretty obvious when you walk by, you know, the windows are open or um, you don't see an AC on the side of the house. So you start, you know, targeting the people that actually don't have AC. So so that's a that's a unique thing to the Colorado market. It's they build and still probably till this day will build a new track house and not install air conditioning. So Swan has you going door to door, and mm-hmm. this is a nights and weekends thing. You're knocking on the door. What are you saying, and what's your success rate? Mainly, 
you know, just asking them, are, are you interested in, in air conditioning? You know, it's pretty <laughs> I can see, yeah, I can see you have fans in your window, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a little tough, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're having to overcome a lot of that initial people see somebody standing at the door and their immediate response is no to anything that you say, you know? So you have to just kind of overcome that initial and, you know, you got to have a pretty condensed like pitch, you know, you got about five seconds to kind of turn that around. So, you know, the main thing I would always do is, you know, they would, they would kind of answer the door. Hey, I'm not buying anything. And I'm like, that's good. Cause I'm not selling anything. You know, <laughs> all I'm, all I'm doing is, setting an appointment up a free estimate and you know we just kind of go from there so um you know you kind of play a little bit on you know i'm a struggling college kid and you know like <laughs> right yeah but yeah ma mainly it's just kind of overcoming like that initial um you know you're going to get the that response you're going to get some doors slammed in your face you know you just kind of keep keep moving on but yeah it was definitely you know i think any sales rep should have to go through something like that. It's something that a lot of people don't go to, you know, they have it pretty easy these days. Mm -hmm. um, they take it for granted. Um, you know, the leads are kind of provided for them. They, you know, they don't really have to, to kind of go out there and self-generate. So. Yeah. And it can't, I, well, I struggle with this because I think anything can be practiced, but I often yeah. think when I hear that someone has done something like that, like that can't be taught in a vacuum. You can't teach that in a class. Like you were hungry no. and had no money and mm -hmm. needed to succeed at that. So you go through college, you graduate college or finish college, your time there. What, what was that like? And then what, what, what happened right thereafter? Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I, I definitely had, a learned a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad that I, I did it. You know, it, it taught me a lot of the things that I'm directly applying, you know, that I have applied to the business, yeah. you know, the, the marketing, that was the main reason I went into business uh, school was to really learn, you know, top to bottom, you know, marketing, finance, accounting, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that's definitely helped me out, you know, with the business. So, so you got out of school and at what point mm -hmm. did you decide you're going to go and start your own heating and air conditioning company? At this point, your only experience in heating and air conditioning had been knocking on doors, right? Yeah. And then I got into sales, you know, after I graduated with the same company and then, yeah. you know, I, I kind of, I mean, he started off pretty small, you know, he was in his garage at the time, you know, yeah. um, that's everybody starts somewhere. So, you know, I, I kind of helped him a little bit, you know, with, because I had that business background, you know, he definitely had a, a really strong knowledge of just the HVAC industry and a lot of business knowledge as well, you know, but I'd like to think that I helped him a little bit there, you know, just kind of get things transitioned, you know, moved into an office and, you know, they've done extremely well kind of since then. Yeah. Um, I had, feel like I had a little, little part of that, but you know, but yeah, from there, you know, ultimately my, my main goal, like I said, was, you know, to, to kind of learn a business and I didn't really necessarily think I'd get into this industry. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just kind of like happened that way. You know, once, once I really started to learn and pick up everything, you know, I, I figured, figured out that this was a really good industry to be in. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, applied that knowledge and, Hey, I'm going to go start my own own business, which was kind of the plan from the beginning. 
Did you, so you went straight from sales at Swan to starting your own business? Yep. What was that? Break down the process. What were the first couple of years like? What were some of those first moves you made to put you in a position where you could afford to you know, support yourself and hire people and all that? Yeah. So I actually went into, I had a partner originally um, when we went into business and we were both, you know, basically the same background, uh, doing sales, you know, that type of thing. So we really had that part down. You know, the tricky part was figuring out like, okay, you know, we got to get licensed. We have to, you know, hire people um, that can do the installations. And, you know, that was really the hard part. The sales part, we really had down in the marketing side. But then also, you know, you're trying to figure out like how to run a business. And, you know, the first, we kind of started like halfway through the summer. So we, we kind of missed you know, that really busy time, you know, we, we caught a couple months of it, but then after that, you know, we didn't really have, I mean, a lot of other marketing. I mean, we were relying on the door to door. Doing it yourself. Yep. You would just parachute into a neighborhood and start knocking on doors. Yep. (laughs) And it was effective. Yeah, it was. It, you know, I remember the, actually the, the very first sale that we had, you know, cause it's, it was the door to door, you know, lead and just going in there and, you know, the customer is going to ask you, well, how long have you guys been in business? Well, you know, two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's always the hardest part, but you know, once you kind of get past that initial, you know, getting everything kind of started, then, you know, the rest is kind of history. So, you know, it reminds me of a friend of mine out in Grand Junction, Colorado. So for those who don't know Colorado, this would be the far western part, almost to Utah, kind of like Moab. But Grand Junction, uh, Jim DeHart, Comfort Air of Grand Junction, started in Vegas in the, I want to say mid 80s. And one of his early strategies was, and I don't know if this was like brilliant intent or if it just happened to be this way, but he just got a trailer, like an open trailer that you would stack hay in or whatever. I don't even know what to describe that as, but a trailer with no sides and a top on it and put like five or six residential packaging. No, swamp coolers. That's a Colorado thing that most people don't know about. People don't know about swamp coolers. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he would drive around and go door to door and just say, hey, look, I've got these seven swamp coolers right here that I got a deal on from the manufacturer. Um, Yours is about 10 or 15 years old if we we can install it tomorrow. And that's how he started his business in the 80s. And I don't think it's terribly outdated. Like it makes Mm -hmm. sense. So anyway, so, so door to door, I'm doing what I said. I don't like to do on this podcast, which is ramble, but it's Friday and I'm (laughs) caffeinated. But, um, so you're going door to door. What are some of the next steps you took in marketing to help you build a business? Yeah. So I think, I mean, you know, we started getting into some of like the local, you know, trade shows, home shows. I mean, Mm -hmm. That was kind of the other thing, you know, I, I had worked a bunch of those. I mean, I can't even count how many of those that I've worked. We don't really do them anymore, but, you know, that was definitely another side of it. And then, you know, really it was kind of getting in early on and just the Google AdWords, yep. you know, that was, that was kind of the, the big thing, you know, once we got into uh, marketing online, you know, that's, that's what really kind of changed everything. So before we go into marketing online, which I want to talk a ton mm-hmm. about, um, home shows, 
for someone yeah. just getting started doing their home shows, what are some of the things you did to make it worth your while? Because those things are a couple grand plus your time and it's the weekend and you're on your feet. They can be a yeah. total bust. Um, what were some things you did with home shows that were worthwhile? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the main thing that I learned and it's it's kind of similar, I mean, to the door-to-door stuff, but, you know, people are there, you know, they're there, they're walking around. A lot of people are just kind of, you know, there to look around they're not really necessarily you know looking for anything specific um, but you have to kind of create that conversation you know i see a lot of people at trade shows and they're just sitting in their chair they're reading a book you know they're not very open to anybody and you know that was always my whole thing is i would kind of stand out near the aisle you know trying to create conversations you know draw people in create a little bit of that, you know, urgency, I guess, and kind of go from there. But yeah, I mean, that, that was always effective for me, you know, but yeah, if you're, we always had a role too. like, we wouldn't even keep a chair in in our booth. We're like, we're not going to sit down, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to stand here for 10 hours straight. So (laughs) what do you, obviously this is a weather driven business. Colorado has some Mm -hmm. unique weather challenges. You don't get a ton of cooling hours, so you're not really wearing out systems. Um, again, one of my surprises to me as I've moved across the country and worked in this business is like coil failures. I never heard of a coil failure when I lived in Denver. I never heard of a coil, you know, going bad two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, ten 10 years in, it was something that just didn't really register with me. So that's got to make it challenging. Tell me about the weather and just the market in general. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always kind of go back to the urgency thing, you know, when the, when the weather's, you know, really hot or really cold, you know, the urgency is already, already kind of there, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of the times, I mean, you have to really kind of generate that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, we're doing a lot more on the, you know, building up our service department and, you know, uh, building up our membership list which, you know, that always helps because you're, you're kind of in there and you can kind of catch things proactively, make yeah. people aware of potential issues that they probably wouldn't have known about anyways before, you know, but then also, even if you're running, you know, sales calls or things like that, I mean, you really got to focus on, you know, the other things. I mean, yeah, everything is working fine right now, but, you know, it is, you know, a 13 seer or older, you know, less efficient unit, you know, it's getting up there in age, you know, it has, you know, the old refrigerant. Now we're moving from, you know, 410, we're kind of going through that transition again, you know, but just like keying in on a lot of those different things, kind of making them think about it. You know, recently, a lot of the utility rates out here have gone way up. So those are a lot of the things, you know, those are kind of pain points for people and just kind of making them aware of that, you know, hey, this is kind of where your efficiency is, you know, this is the age of the system, you know, we can update this and, you know, potentially save you a lot of money on your utility bill. You know, so I just kind of, we try to focus on those things versus, you know, hey, it's broken, let's fix it or get you a new one during those times. So you're going door to door, you're doing home mm-hmm. shows. You mentioned getting into things like Google AdWords and digital. Talk to me yeah. about the timing of that and what that evolution has been like, and then kind of chart your revenue over that period of time to where we are today. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's definitely come a long way. And we've always, you know, with my marketing background, I mean, I've always kind of worked directly with like a Google AdWords uh, specialist. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never really outsourced that to like a marketing firm or anything like that. You know, but it it is it has gotten pretty advanced in and everything and how they do it. You know, but it has changed quite a bit since the the early stages. I mean, you know, just and trying to learn every little piece about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know the the revenue growth has has definitely gone up. You know, quite a bit since we kind of first started doing that in the early days, and now it's that's pretty much one of our, you know, our main, I mean, it is our main, you know, marketing source. What are some other things you have in the digital landscape? So you're doing SEO, you're running ads, you're doing all this kind of in-house. What are some of the more effective strategies that you are employing today? Yeah. So we did, you know, I I jumped into Facebook quite a bit a couple of years ago. You know, I saw a really big spike with that, especially during COVID. You know, because a lot of people were home, everybody was on Facebook. Since then, you know, back then it, it was it was a pretty new thing. I feel like now, you know, most you see a lot of HVAC companies that are in you know Facebook, and yep. it's become a little bit saturated. You know, like it's not as effective as it used to be. You're talking specifically about running ads. Correct. Your target yep. audiences on Facebook. Okay. With, yep. with certain, what types of calls to action, what was working, what was converting the best? Yeah. I mean, we, we would mainly do a lot of, you know, promotions on, you know, system sales and, and different mm-hmm. things like that. Those would usually work the best or, you know, certain things. I mean, people aren't necessarily on Facebook. Like, Hey, I need, need my AC repair today. I'm going to go to Facebook, mm-hmm. you know? So I think you have to kind of hit maybe a little bit more informational or kind of pique their interest where they want to kind of, you know, they're, they're going to see it and then they're going to want to click in and just see what it's all about, you know, yeah, kind of learn more. So you reached out to me, I guess a few months ago, or gosh, maybe a year ago. And you said you yeah. wanted to take things further online. And mm-hmm. we talked a couple of weeks ago and you filled me in on, on what was going on, how you've adjusted your you know strategy internally. So I want to talk about you know, when you first reached out to Contractor Commerce about incorporating some sort of online strategy, what led you to reach out? Why did you do it? And what were you, what were you thinking? You can't sell air <laughs> conditioning online. Yeah, I know. Well, that was, you know, that's kind of been our, um, we went through like a rebrand a couple of years ago as well. And that was kind of the whole idea. You know, one of the things that we were looking at is, you know, adding like an online store, you know, doing, getting it more into the e-commerce side. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a little difficult to, you know, get all that stuff kind of set up, you know? And so like when I ran across your guys' thing, I was like, man, this is perfect. You know, it's exactly what we were looking for. And you guys have already done all the hard work and kind of got it built up. Um, You know, and I like the fact that you can, you know, drop ship filters and kind of do all that stuff. But yeah, you know, I think it's, it was a little bit of kind of what we were looking at, you know, the direction that we were going in. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't know exactly like how we were going to get there. When you say the direction you're going in, describe that to me. And the reason I asked that is because what you just said earlier, you said, Hey, we were thinking about an online store. We were thinking about e-commerce. 
almost no contractors would ever use those words. They would they would yeah. say like, ah, I think this is where things are going or uh, they wouldn't really define it as e-commerce and online store, which that's how you found us because that's how we define ourselves. Yeah. But talk to me about like when you said this is the direction you guys were going, give me your worldview if you, if you don't mind on why you decided to go this way. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at a lot of other industries, you know, Amazon was, was kind of the big one, but a lot of other, you know, industries and other companies in other industries are kind of following suit, you know, Walmart kind of did the same thing. You know, they're, they're selling a lot online now and it's always something, I mean, just looking at ways to become more efficient, you know, but also kind of keep up with, with the times a little bit, you know, looking at, you know, how, how could we incorporate this and, you know, make this beneficial, you know, but also I think looking at, you know, with our business structure, I mean, if you're not out there with a customer, you know, that's kind of the face to face, you know, how else are you able to generate revenue if you're not, you know, it's kind of transactional and it's, you have to continually kind of create that. Otherwise, you know, there's no way of generating revenue, you know, while you're sleeping or unless somebody's actually out there creating it. Why does that seem like such a hard thing for many contractors to grasp? I mean, you just said it right there. Like when you're one-to-one with a customer, you can't be giving a quote to anyone else. You can only give a quote to that customer. Why Mm -hmm. are people averse to allowing for customers to get quotes without their involvement? And like, how did you overcome that? I mean, I think a lot of it is it's just status quo. I mean, you know, everybody, we're all, we all get comfortable doing it one way and change is, is really hard. You know, one of the things that I've always tried to do and, you know, like I've always tried to, to really kind of push, you know, and, and try to, you know, innovate in that way and just think, you know, differently, I guess, you know, try out different things. I mean, some things work, some things don't, but, you know, this is really, you know, selling online. I mean, this is, it's already proven like this is what customers want. You know, I think a lot of it is us just kind of getting past, you know, the traditional way of doing things and, you know, really looking forward and, you know, because yeah, that's, it's the way it's what customers want. And as soon as they start to figure that out, you know, Hey, um, now my contractor, you know, I don't have to call them out here to get filters. You know, I can just go on their website. You know, if I feel comfortable enough, you know, buying other things on there, if I don't need anybody to like explain it to me, you know, but it's, it is a lot of it is that information, you know, they need enough information to where they can make that decision. Do you feel like you're on borrowed time? Like you're one of only a few contractors in the state of Colorado doing this. Uh, do you feel like you're on borrowed time or do you feel like, like other, other people are going to catch on to this or what's your perspective around that? Yeah. I mean, I think other people will, will catch on to it, you know, but our industry has always been, you know, a little bit kind of lagging in a lot of things, you know, we were, and I've been guilty of that too, you know, but like, let's look at, you know, smart thermostats. I mean, you know, we're, everybody was against the, the Nest thermostat. They hated them, you know, but 
now it's basically all we do, you know, and that's right. all that customers want. I mean, they don't want, you know, anything else. So, you know, I think it's, it's also one of those things where you have to look at it from the customer point of view, you know, like, what do they want? It's not about what I want. It's about what they want. You know, it's, it's their house, um, how, how they want to buy things, how they want to do things. I mean, that's what you really have to focus on. So let's talk about the traditional model of selling mm-hmm. and how you've incorporated kind of the new e-commerce model and how you're doing both simultaneously. Let's compare them, contrast them. So I'll start with a more specific question. Talk to me about the traditional process. So you've got tech turnovers, you've got marketed leads, you've got you know customers calling in to get an estimate. What's that process look like? And then we'll talk about the new process. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always, whether it's a tech turnover or you know a lot of ours are marketed leads, you know, they'll come into the office, either they'll submit a form or they'll call in, you know, they'll schedule an estimate, you know, we'll have a comfort advisor go out there, kind of sit down with them, you know, go through, we've got a little bit of a, you know, presentation that we do, you know, to, to kind of educate them on everything. And then we present options and, and, you know, ask for the sale mm-hmm. at that time. So that's kind of the traditional, you know, way of doing it. I think a lot of people do it that way. So what has changed with offering, you know, quotes online? So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take it a step further. So step in the traditional model, someone can submit a contact form. They can call in, you schedule an appointment, you send someone out there, they get out there within a day or two. Is that fair? Yeah, typically. I mean, in the summer, it could be, you know, a little bit longer than that, um, sure. unfortunately. But yeah. We try to keep it, you know, a pretty quick turnaround. We don't like to get, you know, like I don't, I don't feel good about, you know, we're booked out a week or two. You know, I used to feel that way, but now I'm like, I want to keep those wait times extremely low. Yeah. So how have you incorporated e-commerce into the, you know, selling of systems? What does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I've tried it out, you know, tried a bunch of different ways, you know, it's all trial and error, you know, but the, the main thing, you know, the way we have it set up now is they can go on there and they can look at a lot of systems. We don't really provide any, you know, exact pricing. Mm-hmm. It's more of, you know, this, these are the different options. This is kind of like a rough payment amount. And then, you know, what we've been doing with, with all those is I have an online sales rep and he basically, you know, he handles everything from, you know, reaching out once that um, lead comes in, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to reach out to the customer right away. And what he's, what he's been doing is he, he sets up basically like a virtual estimate, you know, for them. And then he basically goes through the same process. It's just a lot easier and really kind of condensed down. Yeah. What makes it easier and condensed down? So for listeners who are not familiar, someone would go to Reed's website, they would enter a little bit, they would, they would see on the front page that they can get a quote right here or order online or, and they put in some information, they get a ballpark quote, your inside salesperson gets that notification and then his process starts. So what makes his process now easier and condensed? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think the main thing is he can react pretty quickly you know, he doesn't, we don't have to worry about, you know, drive times and different things like that. I mean, with a virtual estimate, you know, he can really, you know, tailor to the, the customer schedule. He can run appointments pretty much any time of the day and, you know, 
from there too. I mean, it's just, it's a lot easier, you know, he can do, he can do it a couple different ways too, depending on, you know, what the customer, how much time they have, different things like that. But, you know, it could be anything from like a phone call to Zoom meetings are typically the best or like a Google video chat or whatever, you know, you still want to have that kind of face-to-face mix a little bit more personal there. But yeah, you know, without having to drive around to all these different, you know, appointments, he can also run, you know, almost twice as many appointments in a day. How has that impacted your traditional salespeople? So you have two normal kind of in-home salespeople, and then you have one inside salesperson running the online leads. What has that relationship been like? How does that, how do you manage that under one roof? Yeah. I mean, it could be a little, you know, a little tricky, especially early on, you know, but I think overall, I mean, once everybody kind of gets past that, you know, cause I really look at it as kind of two separate things. I mean, nobody's really stepping on each other's toes. You know, these guys, as long as you're keeping everybody busy, I mean, you're not going to really run into a lot of issues there. How's the sales performance of the inside rep? Is it a lower close rate, higher close rate? What's average ticket look like? Yeah. I mean, it can kind of fluctuate a little bit, you know, during the summer, his close rate was, was really high because I think the main thing is people want, you know, Hey, I need AC and I need it right now. So he was able to accommodate those customers and they're ready to go. You know, um, I think overall the, the close rate is, I think always going to be a little bit lower just because, you know, you may get more people that are just kind of like price shopping. They just want a rough idea, you know, but I, I think it's another thing too. I mean, we've kind of worked through some of those issues, you know, we want to, we're just constantly kind of refining the process, but just like I said, with like the, the video chat, you know, we basically only do it that way now and that our close rate you know, has gone up quite a bit since we, you know, kind of went to that, you know, Hey, we need to talk to you kind of face to face. So when's a good time to do that? So you're used to the process of spending money to get traffic on your website, get them to call, mm-hmm. get them to fill out a contact form. Are you converting at a higher rate now? Are you quoting more jobs? What has e-commerce allowed you to do in terms of lead volume? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely, I mean, we're able to accommodate a lot more customers without, you know, hiring additional reps, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think overall, I mean, I just looked at the numbers today, just, just kind of year to date. I mean, our online sales, our average tickets about two to $3,000 higher than kind of our in-home sales. So I don't know exactly, you know, why that is, but uh, one thing I would maybe say is that, you know, those kind of people, cause it's, it's a lot of it is, you know, the more like tech savvy customer. Um, they really are, are concerned about the convenience and they're not necessarily as worried like about the price, you know, Hey, I want to get this, you know, this is how much it is. Cool. When can you get it? When can you get it done? Do more of those customers finance or is it consistent with your normal in-home selling finance rate? Yeah, I think, um, majority of them finance. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Is that more than your normal process or have you always just been heavy on financing? Yeah. I mean, we've always, you know, financed a lot of our jobs. I mean, we're usually around, you know, 50, 60%. 
um, or higher as far as, you know, cause we're, we're kind of going in there and saying, you know, like this is the, this is the total and here's your monthly payment. You know, we're more, more focused on the monthly payment and, you know, we'll figure that out along the way, like how they, they prefer to pay, but we kind of present it that way, you know, including the financing. When you say online sales, like even me, who is an online sales, you know, I've dedicated my career to this. This is my life's work. But even when you say it, it sounds so polarizing. It sounds so contradictory. It sounds like something that a normal contractor would hear and just be like, you guys are ruining the industry. How would you define Mm -hmm. online sales for Premier? When you say online sales, how do you define it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, it's, it's very similar to what we're doing now, but it's just more convenient for the customer. I also think that, you know, I kind of look at it as like two separate things, really. You know, you have an online department and you have, you know, kind of your traditional way. And it's like, you need both of them. Um, you know, similar to like the auto industry. I mean, you know, they went to that model a while ago, you know, where they would have People would go in, they want to talk to somebody, and then they also have a lot of people that are just kind of mainly doing online. So I think it's, you know, you need both of them. They're kind of two separate things is the way that I look at it. And yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at it and, and define it, I guess. How, how about your ad spend? Anything observable or measurable about return on ad spend, cost per new customer, anything along those lines since you've started letting your customers go further through the process online? Yeah. I mean, I don't have exact breakdowns and, and kind of the difference there. You know, the the one thing is, especially early on, is everything is just kind of blended together. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you kind of start separating things, you, you start to, you'll be able to kind of compare that a little bit better. But, you know, I, I do, I do think that you are driving a lot more traffic when, you know, especially the people that are looking for it. And that's the main thing too, is you want to meet the customer where they're at. You know, some people, they feel more comfortable having somebody come out and just do it for them. You know, other people, they don't want that. You know, they want to be able to go online and shop and, you know, book online. You know, that's what they're looking for. So like, if you're not offering that, then they're just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my one of the things that keeps me up at night is just how obvious it is that consumers who buy things, even complicated things like HVAC systems, want to know at least roughly what it's going to cost them. And mm-hmm. so when they land on a contractor's website and can't get that information and have to fill out a contact form, that doesn't stop their curiosity. Like they're just mm-hmm. going to go look and they're going to land on Home Advisor or they're going to land on, you know, Modernize or wherever. Um, and they're going to yeah. get a quote and the quote's going to be garbage. And that's mm-hmm. going to be sent over to 10 contractors who are going to call them because I fill out these forms all the time and I get all these calls. <laughs> yeah. So whereas your model, like you get the traffic, you answer the question, you keep the customer. They've already, if, if they've answered your call after they've seen a, b- a ballpark price, I'd have to imagine that's going to close a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, yeah, like you said, I mean, they're not really shopping around as much. You know, they found the information that they wanted and they're going to move forward. You know, they're ready to make a decision. How hard was it or easy was it to set everything up with contractor commerce? What was that process like for you? 
I mean, it was, I wasn't exactly sure, you know, what I was getting into, but overall, I mean, it was really easy to set it up. You know, you guys have everything kind of already built out in there. You know, you helped us set up like a lot of the different systems and pricing and all that. You know, I think since then we're, you kind of showed me how we can go in there and just kind of like bulk edit things, you know, like especially recently prices are going up, you know, multiple times a year. So, but yeah, I think the initial setup, super easy. Um, I mean, you guys basically have everything kind of put together already. Good. What advice would you have to a contractor who is, I guess, curious about how to start something like this, or they use mm-hmm. the language like, I know this is where things are going. Like, how would you guide them? What advice would you give them? I mean, you know, the, I think the main thing is like, what do you have to lose? I mean, just try it out, you know, and you do have to make, you know, early on, I mean, you know, you run into a lot of kind of like roadblocks. I mean, it's just like anything, it's not going to work like instantly, you know, everybody thinks like, I'll put this on my website and then instantly I'm going to start selling a, a ton of stuff. You know, it's, it takes time to kind of build that up and, you know, make the updates to like your website and, and kind of like your marketing and everything. But, you know, you, you have to kind of make that commitment. I mean, if you're going to do it, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you just got to commit to that and you will see the results. What is the future company look like in five to 10 years? Are you, is this the majority of sales? Is, is this how most sales conversations start? What does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but, you know, just looking at other industries and, you know, just kind of where the market is going, you know, like COVID really changed, changed everything or extremely advanced where everything was going. You know, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people still work from home and, and people order almost everything online now, you know? So if I was going to place a bet, I would, I would definitely bet on that's where it's going to go, but we'll see, you know, I mean, it, there's still a lot of things like our industry is is kind of unique because, you know, customers don't have a lot of knowledge about these systems and different things like that. So, you know, I think the key is we have to provide them enough knowledge to where they can get to that point and feel comfortable yeah. buying it online. From a customer experience perspective, what are your customers saying about being able to get a quote on your website? Are they giving you any feedback? Yeah. So what's interesting is, and this is another thing too, that people are a little bit skeptical about, but like, you know, let's say our guy sells a system online or virtually with them. We still have to go out there and do kind of like a job walk. Uh, Most of the time, you know, we're, we're kind of working into more of like, we're able to do like majority of it without even going out there until we install it. But, you know, I, I was the one, I was kind of like the, you know, the one to test that out because I wanted to see the the feedback, you know, firsthand. And it was pretty overwhelmingly positive. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, most of these people, I mean, they they just really liked, you know, the convenience of everything. You know, I think another thing too is it's just kind of new and different. Like that's what people like. You know, some people in our market, especially during the summer, you know, they're charging for estimates. Like not only are our estimates free, but we're able to do it you know, at your convenience, you know, and yeah, most of those people are working at home too. So 
you know, they don't really have a lot of time throughout the day. I mean, you know, so they, they just really appreciate the fact that we could come out there and, and really, you know, accommodate their schedule. In closing here, I'm always like really impressed when someone just takes something from idea to, you know, fully functional, growing, profitable business along mm-hmm. the way from knocking on a door to where you are now selling a lot online and in person and, and all of that running a successful business. Who are some of the people or what are some of the things that were most impactful for you? We'll start on the people side. Like who are some of the people that helped you the most or that you learned from? Yeah, I think one of the the big people I learned from was, you know, Swan, Tim Swan was, uh, you know, the, like I said, the guy that got me kind of into the industry, you know, I learned a lot from him. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I tried to listen to a lot of different podcasts and, you know, read a lot of different books, you know, just try to get as much information and like perspective as I can. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different things like that. That's, that's kind of what I do. It's hard to kind of pit, you know, pinpoint yeah. like one specific thing, but yeah, I just kind of like to, you know, get as much information as I can. Yeah, I think one other person too that I really kind of look at is like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it's similar, you know, kind of what we're trying to do, like definitely not at that level, but you know, just kind of pushing the status quo a little bit and and seeing what's possible. You know, I've kind of looked looked at him and like what he's done with his businesses and, and kind of incorporated that into ours. Have you, or, or what are your thoughts around Elon's comments around getting into our space, getting into residential HVAC? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, obviously that creates a, you know, a little bit of an issue for everybody in the industry. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I still think that there are a lot of different, you know, unique things, you know, just like they kind of got into solar. I mean, that hasn't really worked out that well because I think there are just a lot of different moving parts there, you know? Yeah. I think HVAC is kind of similar to that, but, you know, I think overall we just need more innovation, like in our industry, you know, we all need that. We all need to be more open-minded to, to those things and, you know, just kind of push, push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of implications. I think on the positive side, I could see the commercialization of like good technology, like two stage and variable speed and all of those things, Mm -hmm. inverters that right now it's just kind of stuck. Like you have the commercial messaging coming from manufacturers and, and distributors, of course, but it kind of gets filtered and it doesn't quite make it like for, there's no pull through. So very few consumers who are not engineers or HVAC people are like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I have been saving up for a two-stage air conditioner or I've been saving up for like, yeah. of course that's exaggerating, but I think that's a positive. I think there's, there could be a, what's the word merchandising? Like, I think the technology could be merchandised in a better way. And mm-hmm. that could be done through the powerful brand like Tesla or whatever. Like, I also think yeah. that on the other side of that coin, I think of Tesla's model with vehicles, which is obviously clear to everyone. And I think the idea that you could configure a system on a website and put in a credit card and pay for it is absolutely a reality and a huge threat yeah. for contractors. I also don't mess with people who build rockets. So yeah, anyone who can send something into space, I would have to think that um, they would figure out how to handle bad duct work and how to yeah. figure out 
if something should be a two ton instead of three ton. Like those are easy problems to fix than putting human beings in orbit. So mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me. But um, but I think step one is like the reason things like that exist are because they're building their business around the way that consumer wants to do business. Yep. Period. Yeah. And I agree. And that's, you know, I think that's the key kind of moving forward is you have to create more of that kind of transparency, you know, like a lot of things kind of get hidden. And, you know, I think overall when things kind of start to go more online, I mean, you know, prices will, will probably go down a little bit, but people are still always going to look for the company that's going to provide the service and the value and everything like that, you know? Yeah. So I think those are the big things. I mean, you know, just continually kind of work on that, you know, mm-hmm. providing that value and also, you know, looking at kind of the culture within your company, you know, I think you want to have a company that people want to work for and, that's going to really show ultimately in the, in the service to the customer. Yeah. You know, I, you just reminded me of something I'm getting, I get pelted with ads from um, companies like HVAC direct and AC direct and comfort direct, all these people selling direct to consumer. I mm-hmm. think that eventually manufacturers and distributors and, and pe- just players in the space will open more doors to sell direct to consumer. And I think that yeah. there will be a segment of the market I'm really rambling now, but there will be a segment of the market that's like, oh, great. I can buy, I can cut out the middleman. I can cut out read and go direct to, to there and then just pay for the labor. Mm-hmm. I think if, and this is like, this is my life's work right now. This is what I'm focused on. I think if contractors engage in e-commerce and make it easier for their customers and do what you're doing, that the psychology of cutting out the middleman will flip. And that mm-hmm. when manufacturers and distributors and online retailers sell direct to consumer, the consumer will then think, well, I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm not going to buy it from, you know, Lowe's.com or Home Depot.com. I'm just going to buy it from the guy who can install it right off his website. And if that happens, we're safe. Yep. But the only way for that to happen is if contractors will open up their mind to doing like what you're doing. So I'm on a soapbox that I'm going to be stuck <laughs> on the rest of, probably the rest of my career, but... <laughs> Yeah. Anyhow, well, um, you mentioned we'll wrap up here, but you mentioned you listen to podcasts. Any any podcasts in particular that that you like to listen to or that listeners should check out? Well, I just started listening um, to yours the other day, so yeah. Oh well, there you go, listeners. Yeah. Thanks. We'll just wrap it right there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember which guest you listened to? Um, it was. I'm still kind of going through. I saw you have uh, Victor Rancors on. You had one with him, huh? Yes, not your normal Victor cool. uh, interview. So yeah. you'll want to give that one a listen. Most of my interviews are not yeah. normal interviews. That's okay. Uh, it was the one with um, Blanton's. Oh, Will. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. I sit, you know, plays it cool, but is running an incredible business. Mm-hmm. Sharp is attacking his wife are wonderful. And they're doing yeah. it in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's, it's not a massive market. They're awesome. Yeah. I like the, you know, kind of the, diving more into the different, you know, personality tests and, and different things like that. You know, that I think that's very interesting. We're doing a lot of that actually as well, you know, just getting a better understanding for your team and like what, what's their strengths and weaknesses and yourself too. You know, I think it's, yeah. it's good to do that. Will has like seven or eight coaches and has used probably most of the industry's available resources to develop his team. Yeah. What do you use? Like what, what groups are you a part of or what like resources do you use to grow the business? 
Right now, I mean, I'm not involved in a lot of different groups. You know, I was in kind of like the service titan, Mm -hmm. like masterminds. You know, like I kind of like to look outside of the industry a little bit. You know, all those are really good. But I think getting that outside perspective. um, And like I said, I mean, it's I listen to a little bit of everything. So, you know, I think anything just kind of business related you know, I don't have anything kind of off the yeah. the top of my head, but but change your filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yours, and you know, listen to anything else that can kind of give you a little bit of a different perspective. You know, because I think that's the main thing with our industry is everybody's really kind of stuck mm-hmm. in their ways. You know, so just look outside of the industry, and I'm sure you're going to find a lot of you know really good things. Yeah, good. Well, I I'm a big fan of uh, how I built this with Guy Raz mm-hmm. and Tim Ferriss, the Tim Ferriss Show. Just listening to entrepreneurs explain how they started, mm-hmm. what they experienced, and and you realize like, wow, we're all capable. It's just a matter of taking action. So, any books or resources out there that have inspired you that they should listen to? Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones is um, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I kind of listen to like a lot of his his books you know just interesting how he really breaks things down and kind of maximizes efficiency with with everything he does have you ever tried to see yourself having a four-hour work week like i almost didn't read the book because i was like that's so stupid there's no way you can do it and i get the i get the methodology i get the perspective but is that like have you been able to be more efficient with your time do you work less yeah yeah i think I mean, yeah, getting down to four hours seems impossible, but, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of the, just kind of the concepts, like there's always a, a better way of doing things, mm-hmm. you know, you can really, you know, maximize your time. Another one that's kind of similar to that is effortless. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like a lot of times you're running into, you know, difficulties with things and it's like, Hey, there's like, there's gotta be an easier way you know, and, and just kind of looking for, you know, those, there's different ways. I mean, you know, not cutting corners or anything like that, but just kind of, like I said, again, like thinking outside of the box type of thing. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that reminds me of a book I'm reading right now by Ryan holiday called the obstacle is the way. So not going yeah. around the corners, going right through it. So interesting. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. So, all right, well, I really appreciate you doing this mm-hmm. and um, I can't wait to see where things go with company. You're one of the early adopters of what we do and, and by all accounts having a lot of success with it. So thank you for giving us a shot. Yeah, absolutely. This episode, like all episodes is brought to you by contractor commerce, plug and play online stores for contractors. We see a future where every contractor has an online store.